All right. So we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NBA, NFL, and sometimes college. In today's episode, we will talk about the most interesting NBA playoff matchups, Power Five conferences postponing fall sports, and the Washington football team hires. But before we get into it, Let's introduce ourselves. My name is Muhammad, and I'll let my partner introduce himself. Go ahead and say something for the people. Oh, yeah. New and improved. Uh, press that subscribe because sports are beyond amazing right now, especially with the NBA playoffs starting. So press that subscribe. Oh, yeah, definitely. Press that subscribe button and make sure you follow us on our other platforms. Um, so we'll move on to the first topic, which is about the NBA. So now that all of the seedings have been finalized for the playoffs, what is the first round matchup that you're looking forward to the most? And I'll go down the uh, matchups. So in the West, we got the Jazz and the Nuggets, Lakers and Blazers, Clippers and Mavericks, Rockets and Thunder. And then in the East, it, we got the Bucks and the Magic, Raptors and Nets, Celtics and 76ers and Pacers and Heat. So out of all of those playoff matchups, which one do you find the most interesting? Yeah, it's complicated. Um, I, I think it's heavily complicated for me. I, I'm stuck between two and it's really, I have one for each division, West and the East. Uh, in the West, I would say Port, sorry, the Houston and OKC, hands down. I have to see that rematch of people who are just returning back to familiar lands like uh Westbrook Russell Westbrook versus the OKC and of course uh Chris Paul going against his former team but I'm very very interested in the train wreck that will happen from the first round matchup between the Celtics and the Philly because there's no way either one of these teams don't take this as a complete disappointment if either one Loses in the first round. Okay. I see you. Um, I'm going to definitely have to agree with that Rockets and Thunder. That one is very interesting. Um, you got James Harden. He used to be a part of the Thunder. But Westbrook, he spent so much time there. He just left there. And he's not even going to be playing, well, at least in the first game. And then we got Chris Paul. He just left the Rockets. So there's some bad blood there. I mean, just going back from last year, we saw that, uh, what's his name, uh, Chris Paul and James Harden, there was some friction there uh, from what we heard from behind the scenes. So um, that's definitely the most interesting to me. But in the East, um, it has to be the Celtics and 76ers. <laughs> the rest of these matchups aren't really that interesting. I guess <laughs> patience and heat, maybe. I don't know. What do you think? I, I don't think... I don't think anybody's really expecting anything from the Pacers. If they beat the Heat, eh, it's a slight disappointment to the Heat, but nobody thinks they're fully there. Um, and the Pacers, they make it the second round. It still means nothing. Uh, they don't have a true setup. Uh, P.J. Warren may be the most exciting thing about that matchup, but that's about it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. That's that's just about it. I mean, there's really there's not much going on in the East. 
Um, Celtics and 76ers, that's the biggest matchup. Even though we have a couple of players that are not going to be playing, like uh, Ben Simmons. Is Joel Embiid, is he still doing good? I'm not sure. He's, he's, <laughs> he's playing. He'll be, he's playing. He played. He's, he's bound to as, sit out as one As the game. game is going on during our uh, current recording, as some of these will be only just uh, slightly behind on uh, having results from these games as we there's games going on four times per day. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so many games happening right now. Um, but I guess we'll move it on to the next question. So everybody's been talking about the trailblazers and the Lakers, you know, Dame Dalla, he's been going off for about 56, point, 50, 60 points a game. And everybody's kind of talking about an, an upset, but, um, what do you think? What are the chances of the Trailblazers upsetting the Lakers? Um, true numbers out of a 100%. I think it's like a 15% chance, which is higher than there was any chance before. Uh, if this, if I was just going off of the previous things I've seen from Portland and what I was, even if I'm just taking the LA bubble, bubble team that where they're not doing as great being really lackluster uh until the playoffs even if you compared those two i still wouldn't have given portland a 10 percent chance to win this uh playoff match first round playoff matchup it's completely damian lillard lillard taking over in every possible way he forced his team <clears throat> Sorry, but he forced his team into the playoffs. He be, he even became the bubble MVP. I didn't know they were going to have some type of vote like this, but I think it was needed after such a performance, especially since he forced, absolutely forced his team into the playoffs with 61 point games uh, and, and record numbers all the way around. Yeah, he showed up. Um, he definitely came out and scored a whole bunch. And just looking back, I think this will probably be LeBron's toughest first round matchup ever. Um, I'm not sure how what his matchups were before whenever he first started in Cleveland, but this might be his his toughest one. Um, and I mean, they, they have a pretty good team around them. Everybody's back. They're not injured on the Blazers. Uh, but I'm going to go with like, I don't know, below 10 percent, really. <laughs> Well, I don't think you said that 10%. That's kind of low. That's like I, I put it pretty low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I thought you were going to put it a little bit higher, but I didn't want to be that close. I don't know. Because I, I still, the way that you were explaining it, I felt like you had more confidence in them, but I don't have that much confidence in them. I feel like their defense is terrible. Um, yes. Of course, D- Damian Lillard, he's going to score, but I feel like the Lakers, they're going to uh, play very good team defense. And uh, LeBron and AD, they're going to do their thing. And this will probably be over in five games. I think all this hype is going to go down, especially after the first game once the Lakers beat them. And, you know, they'll just move on to the next round. Yeah, you're taking the words right out of my mouth. I think expectations (laughs) will taper very soon, as I've already started to do in my own thinking uh, about it. Because I I was quite afraid to see uh, Portland (laughs) The first round, like, because I had this, you know, you had the, the first ever play-in game uh, into playoffs. Actually, they don't even really know where to put the stats because it's not officially a regular season game and it's not officially a, a playoff game, which is it's a statistic anomaly on top of that. But 
even then, I was rooting for Portland, but also not rooting for Portland. I was rooting for Damian Lillard, but also not rooting for him because I didn't want to see him facing LeBron and the possibility of him really going off and having one of those iconic seasons, especially when he said months ago to one of his teammates that once they do end up in this bubble situation, that you're going to see something you've never seen before. And he's already started to do that. Yeah, I mean, he showed up, but I don't think they played against the best competition. Most times whenever they were trying to come back, they were playing against some reserves or some inexperienced teams. So it's, I don't know, it's hard to see them actually beating the Lakers, even though they haven't played that well. Um, the Trailblazers, they, they just can't stop anybody. <laughs> it's, I, 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 I don't know what agree, else to tell you. I didn't even lament on that part, uh, but yes, completely. That's that's what should tapers people's expectations because I don't think that it's not going to be a competitive game. I don't. I do think there will be times where it's a 15 point lead, and you know the way the Lakers are, or almost any LeBron team, they can't hold a lead to save for nothing. They can't hold water uh, in a balloon. But uh, I would say because they can't hold defensively wise. They will always be close. I would say I, I might not even give it five games right now. Like for, for real, it's real. I, I think what's going to happen is it's going to be extremely competitive games and three out of four will be extremely competitive. If it goes five, it'll be four competitive games and one just straight lackluster. But uh, I think the Lakers, I think they do sweep them due to their lack of defense and not be, not being able to stop anybody. AD is going to eat them alive. And then if you throw in LeBron getting a couple of hot games, like they don't have no defense, which is the biggest thing for people needing to taper their expectations. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I'm not going to go as far as a complete sweep, you know, maybe a gentleman sweep, you know, that five games. I'm, I'm going to yeah, give them a yeah. little bit of respect. But <laughs> I actually giving them respect because I think it's going to be, I think within the games, you will see competitiveness and it not being that lopsided. I just think in the end, somehow the Lakers will come out of each game with the win, like close margin margin or it's just going back and forth. But somehow, some way, each time the Lakers come out on top. I mean, I, I could definitely see that, but I just wanted to give them a little bit more respect. But I didn't think they had a big chance of winning this series. Um, but I mean, we'll move it along unless you have something else to say about that. Not really. I, I do have to say the playing game was quite amazing. Um, the performances by a couple of different players and even just the whole I, I'm not sure whether you're going to go into um, the full what did we get from the bubble? But is, is that one of the questions you may have? No, 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 not exactly. I mean, I, I feel like that's something towards the end. I mean, it's I, yeah, I mean, like the end of the playoffs. Oh, but, into the playoff. Well, yeah. I was uh, thinking because of the red, uh, just the regular season, because you, you're not going to have every player. And then you have to also account for uh, Phoenix, which is definitely not in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we, we can mention it here or there, but I don't think it's really that important. I mean, maybe sure. when it when it comes to uh, momentum for next season, whenever that comes around. Well, um, I'll just I guess I'll quickly just answer what I feel we got from the bubble is mm -hmm. showing that Phoenix is a, a definitely a team to be beat. And they are built with all of those draft picks that they've actually finally put things together. If anything, they're better at the process than the 76ers. 
Um, maybe. They still haven't made the playoffs yet. The 76ers, they, True, they but they just come went through. undefeated in the bubble after uh, getting a lot of their players back healthy and still have a lot of picks on the back end of already having a bunch of number one picks. They still have to put it together. They, nothing nothing has happened yet. Playoff wise, um, you're right. You're definitely right. But um, let's go ahead and move it on to the Rockets. Um, we had a surprise. Westbrook, he's injured. Um, he first entered the bubble with being diagnosed with, oh, well, really contracting the virus, and he had to sit out some time. He was late. He was a, a late arrival to the bubble. Um, and then we have this, I think it's a quad injury that he has, but he will not be playing at least for the first game. Um, possibly he'll, he'll, he'll play the, the first series and further along if they make it past there. But how does this affect the Rockets with Westbrook's injury? How does this affect them? Oh, it don't look good. Um, if he ends up playing in... Let's say he doesn't play the first three games. It's it's not gonna happen. I think Chris Paul and his him them using his seniority and and trusting him and and applying his knowledge and system overall. This is actually a Chris Paul type of thing. He's gonna be the biggest factor that's gonna get them to the next round. I think this is really gonna be troubling for the Rockets, and they partially do have a real excuse for not making it past the first round. It's just not gonna vote well for. Uh, James Harden, because he, we've already know the stigma behind him. He can score as many points as possible, but he can't make it happen when he needs to in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean it's a terrible look, terrible timing. Um, I'm just kind of sad about this, but um, I think without him, that's not happening. You mean winning the series? Yeah. Um, they, they can't I, win the series. I don't think they win the series without him, and if he has to be out. I think that they can win the series. They're just going to have to have everybody else step up, like really step up. Um, I mean, Westbrook, he was averaging 27 points, seven rebounds and seven assists for the season. I mean, that's a huge loss. Um, and he was playing pretty well while he was uh, playing. Well, he was nice playing in the bubble. Defenses. Yeah, nice yeah he, he was he was oh doing great. God. But it's it's a huge hit. Um the only thing is with Chris Paul, I'm not sure how he was this past year with injuries, but he has been injured in the playoffs multiple times, most con- continually in, in, the, in the playoffs. So if that becomes a factor, sure. that might change up something. Um, and Steven Adams, he's going to get down low and um, I, I guess P.J. Tucker is going <laughs> to guard him, but he's probably going to dominate. And for the most part, their team doesn't take like each player nobody takes over 15 shots i think um they they pass the ball around pretty well and i beforehand i thought that this was a bad matchup for the rockets along with the clippers these were the two teams that i wanted them to avoid out of anybody um Mm -hmm. but i think that they can win in seven games without westbrook playing any games i don't know about this who's stopping steven adams um, I mean, it's not like he's like a dominant player, but true. But I, don't I think know. in this time that Chris Paul, because I, I, you're definitely right. Chris Paul has had problems with injuries, but this is the unique year where uh, 
a large amount of players got the opportunity to heal up before a time where they didn't have that time. They had maybe a week. They had to skip a couple games, but it was never a full solid month, two months, three months of just exercising and rehabbing whatever injury they may have had. Chris Paul, I, I honestly have not seen anything when it comes back from being into the bubble. I haven't seen any remnants of any type of actual injury. I know it was his uh, hamstrings and things like that, but I actually think he's had just enough time to get outside of that threshold, and he doesn't have to push to be that person to have to do it. Yeah, I think they have a lot of great young pieces that he's teaching his knowledge to to enact for him. Uh, uh, he'll just uh, Alexander Shea, Shea, Shea Alexander Gilchrist. <laughs> I, I was Shea. trying to get it all, all together. You know, it's a long name. It's a too long name. But, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. So Shea Gilgis Alexander. I think he can put him on the court, and he's pushed enough of the knowledge of where he's supposed to be, what he's supposed to do, and him to utilize when he's off the court. And I think that his leadership will push them to the next round. And without Westbrook knifing the defense and and making them be athletic, getting beat by an athletic person, because Harden's going to get his points. That's never really been a debate in any playoffs. Harden gets his points or not gets his points, but his team can definitely lose with him scoring 50 points or 60 points. I think without the anomaly that Russell Westbrook for against the OKC, they will not be able to push it past. I think they're going to drop it to Steven Adams, just dunk on him, dunk on him, rebound him, rebound him, dunk on him, dunk on him. Because realistically, if they chose to use the postman game like that in a traditional route, which Chris Paul could do, he knows the knowledge of setting that up and we're beating the team off of it, that that's how they would lose. Well, maybe. Um, I don't think just Steven Adams by himself that oh, puts no. them over the edge. I think it's more of their team defense because they were pretty good during the season with their defense. And I think with Chris Paul, he doesn't have another star to bump heads with. And I think that's a big difference here where he, he doesn't have to um, go it's back undisputed. and forth with a, with a James Harden or uh, Blake Griffin or DeAndre Jordan. So they all, I guess, listen to him. And take his word as uh, the the, the yeah the gospel. So, I mean they they're a pretty good team. They're they're gonna be very hard to beat. But I think that the Rockets will most likely come out on top in seven if Westbrook plays zero games. I'm talking about no games. Uh, yeah, I, I think the unity and solidarity of the team and uh, looking at a. Uh, a solid leader that they're trying to soak up all the knowledge they can get for as long as they can get, will get them past the first round. I don't think much past that, but yeah, that's it. And that would be the best situation for the Lakers uh, if OKC uh, did beat the Rockets, because then it's, I think it's a cakewalk after that to the finals. Well, and that's a cakewalk. not a complete cakewalk, but I do think there will be some trouble with uh, the Clippers on their side of the bracket. Also, it only becomes troublesome in the first round if Portland goes off and if the Rockets make it to the second round with the Clippers. They're on the other side. They're the number two seed. They're matching up against the Mavs in the first round. And they also have the nuggets in the jazz on that side um and they'll play the winner out of that team if they get past the Mavs. so who has it harder on their side 
the Lakers or the Clippers? Um, I kind of think it may be the Clippers. Yeah, I think it's the Clippers. Um, like I, I'm definitely inclined to say the Lakers because Portland is extremely dangerous and James Harden, like the three players within those two teams are dangerous enough to beat LeBron and a lackluster Lakers. Um, so that does scare me, but I have zero fear of OKC, which relieves me and the possibility that OKC will come out on top of the series against the Rockets. Uh, now, with the Clippers, I think their first-round matchup is a challenge also. I don't think Luka just going to bow out. I think I think they're, they're playing against a baby LeBron who may find the importance to make it to the second round and may not find the importance to make it to the second round. But I think they can become a problem. And then you got a stable team with the uh, Nuggets, which I think their size might might cause a challenge, but it's, it's so hard to tell you exactly who has the better, the harder route. Okay. Um, really, I think the Clippers have the easier route. I don't trust the Jazz if they win. I don't trust the Nuggets if they win. And probably their hardest matchup is the team that they're playing now, the Mavs. And I think that goes five or six games. Um, the Mavs, they can score a whole bunch. They can uh, get on these big runs, but they can't finish games. And I think that's where they will lose in this situation. And I think once they get past the Mavs, um, Nuggets, Jazz, it, it don't matter. They'll beat them. I, I don't think any of those teams are a challenge. Or, I mean, they're a slight challenge, but not much. Um, and I think the only way that the Lakers have um, a tough road is if they play lackluster against the Blazers and take forever to beat them, and if they have to play the Rockets in the second round. So I think that they definitely have the harder road. Okay, yeah, and is it just me when you look at that bracket? I know this is not really colorblind, and I, I'll go ahead and ask to forgive me for my statement beforehand. But am I the only person who kind of looked at the bracket and looked like the Clippers were playing the white teams and the Lakers were playing the black teams? I, yeah, I did not <laughs> okay, look at I, that. I, I just, maybe that's just kind of, it's not, any it's not like they selectively did that it, it is all by seeding but it just seems that way uh dallas is led by a predominantly white uh main cast on on top of the nuggets once again that's that's uh Jokov Jokovic, I, I, if i'm saying it correctly and even though the jazz aren't really seen as like their players are actually white it seems like their rep- representation who they're representing is a white-based town so it does kind of come off that way just to kind of from what i saw in the brackets it just seemed like the lakers is going to go have to go through the gritty gully and the clippers <laughs> might like they might get uh technique to, to death <laughs> <laughs> yeah those guys are going to be on their technique they, they they know how to spot up and shoot but maybe not create shots but um it's like they're, yeah. they're competing against the lesser athletes they can shoot, but the uh, Lakers are playing against the true athletes. Like you're gonna have to hold them down because they, they're just a little too athletic. You know, nobody really says that about Luka, Djokovic, uh, Porzingis, 
any of them other than Donovan Mitchell, and I don't think they're going to make it past the first round. No. Um, and at this point, as of our recording, they already lost the first game. Yeah, so. they already lost <laughs> And I, I really don't think – and he scored 47 points in that game at that and still lost the game. Yeah, um, and they don't have Mike Conley, but I don't think he was that much of a factor. But, um, yeah, I just think the Lakers just have a tougher road just if they start playing lackluster and get to a slow start, just kind of like how they did in the bubble. Um, hopefully they were they have some good practices. They've been running pretty well. And, you know, LeBron is in playoff mode along with Anthony Davis. We don't need him uh, going off one game and then he disappears the next. So that that's what I hope for them unless they go up against the Rockets. But um, anything else about that topic topic before we move on? Uh, not really. OK. All right. So uh, last question for the NBA. Out of every star in the current playoffs, who has the most to prove? Oh, in general, who has the most to prove? Just all of the NBA playoffs? Yeah, out of any any player in the NBA playoffs. Well, most of the stars, really. Um, I think it's really James Harden. Out of all people, LeBron, it'll be a, a hit, but not no real hit. Um, he'll, he'll take some flack, but he always takes flack. Um, AD, you got more time. Once again, that's not as much of a problem. Um, Clippers, Paul George, eh, they, they're not going to fault him if he loses. It, it would be a Kawhi thing. And then if Kawhi doesn't win, that means he just didn't win three championships. He didn't go to a championship after another championship. He would have, he just added to his legacy if he went and won. So, I really think it's only James Harden. I think that's the only player out of the entire NBA who absolutely will take flack for not winning. Yeah, I can say that. Yeah, I would agree. He he would probably take the most flack for not winning, especially if uh, Westbrook is able to return and play most of the games. Um, I think with or without him, he's going to take the blame. It don't matter. I think people are way past the excuse phase. I think with with or without uh, Russell Westbrook, he gonna take all the blame. He he is championship or bust. Actually, he is finals or bust. He he can get like they'll let him off if he makes it to the finals, but he he needs no less than making the finals to not take a hit. Well, I think it'll be half and half. You know, some people will blame Westbrook's injury if he doesn't play much at all for it. They, they'll give that excuse to him. But if Westbrook plays and they, you know, about the first round or even get beaten the second round by the Lakers, most likely. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll definitely take a, a whole bunch of flack. Um, yeah, I, I agree. James Harden probably does have the most to prove. But I feel like there's probably a couple other players. I mean, Paul George, really. Like, I mean, Damian Lillard, he made a good point. I mean, he's been running from team to team. Um, he hasn't had as much success since he left the Pacers. And I would say in the last couple of playoffs, he hasn't really showed up that much, especially the one against the Jazz. Um, last year, yeah, he was all right, but nothing special. I, he said that he was injured, but I don't know. I feel like he has a lot to prove. 
I think he partially likes to be a part of teams where he is not the the main star, whether he makes the main amount of points or not, because he doesn't take any flack uh, when he I personally didn't think he took any flack for losing uh, last year with OKC. I don't think he personally will take any flack if he loses this one because it'll be Kawhi. Even Kawhi doesn't even talk, and he's going to take more flack than uh, Paul George will. It'll be like, a well, Kawhi didn't make it, so how are y'all going to uh, rate Paul George to make it there over him? It's, I think it's going to go through. I think he's he likes being that second-tier star. Not even second-tier, but second star, so he doesn't get that full blame. Because I really don't think he gets the full blame because there is a main star to blame before him. Yeah, there there always is one. You know, Westbrook, he took a lot of blame. And then they blame Westbrook for uh, Paul George leaving. And he hasn't really been that much help since he's got to the Clippers. I mean, he's missed a whole bunch of games. Um, and does anybody blame him? Does anybody no, even talk about no, it? That, that, no, I mean, not really. I mean, they're looking at Kawhi Leonard because he could be on a historic run. And yeah. everybody's talking about the Clippers going to the finals because they got all of these great pieces. And then they can go small and match up with anybody. So, I mean, he should take more blame, I feel like. He should, but I don't think he will. I just don't see it happening. I, just, I know that... The, they may not even mention Chris Paul. I mean Paul George's name and the blame game they will do on these uh, on these shows uh, of who's the fault and everything. I really don't think they they might go Lou Williams, they might go Doc Rivers, they might go Kawhi. I really think that is he's going to be one of the last people on the list, or he's at minimum number four on the list behind Kawhi and uh, Doc Rivers. And maybe even Lou not coming in to get them a certain amount of points, which they will blame him for. Yeah, but I'm just saying he should take more blame. Oh, but, yeah. Um, he should. Yes, I definitely say I think he should, but I don't think he will, uh, which leads me to believe that I know I know with with Harden. There's been enough excuses. There's a, oh, you're one hamstring away. It was that, oh, you were your team just could make a, a shot to make it into the next round. Now we're past that. You got an even more athletic person that you already replaced to go even further. And then once again, if you can't get out the first round, it's even worse than you did before. If you can't get past the uh, the conference finals, once again, you can't break the ceiling that you've constantly have not been able to break. So Blame will always be there unless he gets past that point. Yeah, it's just an unfortunate series of events for James Harden. Um, And he's partly to blame, especially for that time that they went up against the um, Golden State Warriors and missed all those shots. I mean, really, they were just going back. They were doing better driving to the basket than shooting those Mm. threes like they were doing so much better with that. I don't. I know it's their mentality to shoot threes as soon as they get the ball, but if you got something else working, go for it. Um, I think it but that's all I want to say about that. No, no. I actually want to uh, lament a little bit more about that because I think those will fit into three of the most historic mess-ups in sports. There's that one where they could not hit a single three and was missing everything, and they could have easily gone to the to the finals by hitting just a couple of them two, three, three of them. 
There's the running back, Marshawn Lynch, throwing the interception in the Super Bowl when they had an amazing catch before that nobody remembers. Uh, and then there's the LeBron block and coming back in the finals after a 3-1 down. I think that fits into that category. Even And those other two are very high in the list. Okay. Um, I guess I can't argue that right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we'll, 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 go, ahead. go ahead. You got something else to say about nah, it? No, go, nah, go ahead. Okay, so we'll just go ahead and move it along to college football. So, if every, if anybody hasn't heard, um, college football is in a frenzy right now. We have half of the Power Five conferences, which is the ACC, SEC, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, and Big Ten, um, fighting over whether they're going to play their season. Two have already pulled out. That's the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. And the other three are, for now, continuing continuing with their season, which is the ACC, SEC, and the Big 12. But the reason why that those other two have pulled out is because of medical conditions, uh, dealing with COVID-19 and athletes developing heart complications after uh reaching a certain heart rate whenever they are, you know, exercising or playing. But the other the other three conferences, they feel like, you know, we can play safely. We can play the whole season safely. So they're going to move forward with it. But are the college football conferences that have not pulled out of the season delaying the inevitable? Oh, completely. That ain't uh, like that's I think that's a rhetorical question. I honestly didn't need to answer that one, but let's go ahead and answer it. Yes, they are definitely delaying the inevitable. It is clear that they can't complete a season. Do you not? I'm not saying you specifically, but but referring to them, do they not think that these other leagues didn't try everything possible and every idea in their head to justify being putting these kids into danger? They know it is not a winning uh, winning battle. They know they have to then. Uh, align a lot of different types of rules and understanding of what the college athlete is down to are you jeopardizing their life? Are you putting them on campus? How uh, often are you keeping them locked in a certain area? How can you uh, guarantee their safetyness when they aren't actually getting any income off this and you on top of that you get have to and you make them sign waivers against you being, being able to sue them? So I think, yes, completely, that these ignorant uh, conferences are only delaying the inevitable and going through the through the motions that they're going to have to cancel later on. I agree. They are definitely delaying the inevitable, but it doesn't help when you have all of these outside voices trying to push to have the season. I mean, you got the president, and he's one to only jump on issues that he he only wants to support, but not other issues that, you know, dealing with racism and all that stuff. But I'll end that that <laughs> right there. Um, and you also have college players themselves. Justin Fields, he's the quarterback of the uh, uh, Ohio State. And he's trying to get people to sign a petition so the Big Ten can play their season. But I think that, you know, he looks at himself and say, you know what, even if I do get it, you know, I just I'm I'm. It's not going to be that bad. You know, we, we can still play this season. We can play it safely. Um, you got people, all types of people that are trying to push for a season. 
And I just feel like they are definitely delaying the inevitable. And they're just going to have to, I mean, they're going to get somebody actually hurt doing this, um, trying to have this season pushing forward for it. I think it's funny. I think it's absolutely not funny and funny at the same time in a Joker type way. It ain't really funny, but you're doing something that's endangering people. Like, <laughs> it's just the Joker it, way. It's just not that funny, but it is funny because it's making grown ups be grown ups and stand behind the words that they've constantly preached, like player safety and with their uh, student athletes. And I'm just talking about that small world, that sports world. In general, people aren't being responsible and being adults. I thought this thing in the beginning that. A lot of adults, in a way, have lip service, but they do different things. That's what has created into a current, I think, is a thinking in America that eventually I don't need to put on my mask. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that, even though they know the responsible thing is to do it. But they don't feel like doing it anymore, so they're not going to do it, which is in a immature way of thinking. So it's making adults be adults. And in this case, the legal side was enough to deter the irresponsible adults who are trying to put these children in, into danger. They need to they, they need to actually enact this whole idea that they're saying that they are student athletes and they are there for their well-being versus for their income. And we definitely know they are there for their income. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. That is, that is not they, even. Once again, that's not a question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely know that. Um, but I'll move it along to the next question. How long would it take before all of the conferences pull out of the season? Uh, when did the season is supposed to start? I'm sorry, but uh, I don't know. But because I don't think it's going to start anyway, so I didn't really pay attention. So it really depends on the conference. So for the ACC, it's the beginning of September, probably that second week. And the SEC is like September 26, so maybe three weeks into September. So they gave themselves a lot of time. Uh, Big 12, I don't even know. I really don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, September is the, is the time frame, really. By September 1st. Because September 1st <laughs> is not as far away as people think. It's nowhere near as far away. Today's the, what, 18th, 17th, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, but, yeah, there's no way. They have max two weeks to make these decisions. That's it. Yeah. And then they're just going to uh, then they're going to actually have to carry it out and then show the America that they're failing. Yeah, but as we speak, I just got a notification from News 19, which is a local news station around here. Mm -hmm. The USC Gamecocks have officially released their schedule. So they are moving forward. So they the want to have this season. No, the, no, they're in the SEC. Or SEC. Did, did, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. They have released their schedule, um, telling who they're playing, when the buys are, all of that. And these colleges, they want to make their money. And I think, well, I'm not sure if USC is going to have campus, on, I mean, students on campus. So that that's another thing. Are they professional or amateurs? Like, yes. they. They, they keep wringing them out for money, like drying them up. And it's something's got to change. Because now you're requiring something that is technically a job. And I know 
they wanted to say, oh, we're giving you schooling. It's a hobby, uh, but you should follow all these other rules. Like they really college is more invading than uh, professionals. They control your entire life. They try. They can. They control when you wake up, when you uh, when you where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there, uh, who you hang around. Like they control large amounts of your life that do not actually deal with football. It's about staying out of trouble for football, which once again is an external thing from the thing that you're requiring for them to get this education. Yeah, it takes a lot out of them. I mean, pretty much they are. They have their schedule planned out for them all the way up until, I don't know, 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. We're going to ask our own brother. He is at Miami University, part of the big the big boys on that type of scheduling. And trust me, they ask, he, go ahead. I'll let you go ahead and limit about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, they, they have them scheduled out throughout the day. I mean, getting up at, I don't know, 5, 6 5 o'clock. Yep, doing the workouts, going to class, then go back do a meeting, then another workout in class. Like they are constantly busy, um, and somehow these guys still find the energy to do other things. But because <laughs> they're young, uh, hey, they still yeah. want to have fun. They they also want the the education. They want the experience, and they don't even get that anymore. They get being locked up in a pretty much a jail cell under a constant surveillance not even they even get that even more restricted than it used to be and like 50 percent less than it used to be if not more and it was already very restricted oh yeah um especially during these times they're definitely more restricted but i think there's still going to be people out there who are going to go out to parties um and you know just step out of whatever bubble that that team set forth i mean just look at that seahawks player who lost his job because he tried to sneak a girl into the hotel room. Um, so there's definitely going to be those players. Uh, but I, anything else about that? Well, I just think that it goes back to my statement. It's going to make adults be adults. Are you going to do a responsible thing versus what you want to do? That's it. I, I, think, I don't blame the kids at all. If they do whatever they, they, they were supposed to do, they were, they have the right to do that. They have the right to live their lives and to go ahead and experience their youth. And, what else do you expect from them when they're college students? That's their whole life is having fun, playing football in school uh, or sports or whatever you want to put it in. But I, I, I say adults, it's going to make adults be adults. Yeah. And from what I've learned from the past four to five months since this pandemic has started, people are going to do what, whatever they want to do. Exactly. They don't care. They don't care if it's right or wrong. <laughs> I think that's what that's yep exactly what it is because I think it's a lot of lip service on what you're supposed to do until you feel like I don't feel like doing it no more, which is almost the, a larger part of the U.S. where it's hot outside. It, it's a little I'm I'm missing out on my summer. I don't I haven't been around people. I ain't got to drink outside. I ain't got to do this knowing what responsibly they're supposed to do, but they don't feel like doing it anymore. And now showing people who are empowering us and said they were adults and can make adult decisions are making irresponsible decisions for people who are entrusting them to be that adult. I 100% agree. I mean, people are just, they don't use common sense, but it's not so common, I guess. Exactly. Common sense is not that common. <laughs> You're exactly right. You can go ahead <laughs> 
But um, we'll go ahead and move it on along to our last subject, which is about the NFL. Um, the Washington football team, which this has been renamed to the professional football team, has been in the headlines lately for a lot of negative negativity uh, over this past offseason with se- sexual assault allegations, uh, racism. Uh, but now the team has hired its first black team president. What does this say about the team's culture? That they're trying to appear multicultural, but they're still ahead of the snake that has not been removed. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm in rare form today, but. (laughs) (laughs) You you, you know what? I agree. I mean, but I I don't think this is bad, though. I I feel like this is a good thing. Um, They are it, it looks like they are actively trying to make change, but they still have the person who is over the whole thing in charge. Yeah, it's it's like they hired the uh, the female for I, I can't remember exactly uh, announcing the games. That was like throwing some wings on a snake. Once again, it's still a snake. It's, and then they hire a black dude uh, for operations. I'm not exactly sure what his uh, title is, but once again, he's a president. Throwing legs on a snake. It's still a snake until you change the head of it. Uh, it can be something different. Um, and actually, it's out there that a lot of these uh, other owners have already placed pressure on him selling the team uh, amidst the the allegations of sexual assault and abuse uh, to women in the franchise. So I, I just think they're trying their best image-wise to not lose the fans that they have. And they're already losing fans because they don't have a technically a real team because they don't even have a real logo. Yeah, they're definitely trying to hold on to whatever they can. Um, because people but, are holding on to faith. They're they're holding on to an organization. They're not even holding on to the name, which is honestly, that's one reason why I, I'm no longer such a fan of franchises as, as I am for the people within franchises. When you are a fan of a franchise, you are choosing to, uh, to lead it blindly due to its management because those players don't stay the same. Those they the team might not even stay in the same city sometimes. But you're 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 really on the faith of the organization, and a lot of times that which guides it into the next generation of keeping their fans interested and having a pivotal player is the brand. I'm behind this brand. I'm I am a Redskins fan. I am this. But they can't even say that no more. Now they have to say I'm behind Dan Snyder. And who's saying that? Nobody. Um, they say they're behind the Washington football team. They can't say that. Nah. No, no, because <laughs> I know they're rolling their eyes at that uh, thought. I know they're rolling their eyes at that thought. I think they would have rather it stay Redskins than uh, to have the thought of just saying the Washington uh, football team. I, I think it was one of the worst mistakes to not come up with a uh, a logo and a name, but the excuse of the, I, can't, I really can't remember this guy's name, but I watched the interview this morning on First Take where uh, the black um, guy that they own, they hired for the Washington franchise, he said that the reason why they didn't choose one yet is because it's a lot behind it. It adds into their charity where they spend their money, all this other stuff. When I think that was just a good dressed up answer. I mean, I, I guess as a pers- person looking from the outside in, 
I felt like it was a good move because you didn't want to rush into it. You have all of this stuff coming out at you and you don't want to be so reactionary where you pick just one name and, you know, you uh, distance yourself from a certain amount of people, even though they have already done that before with the, the whole franchise name beforehand. But I, I think it was the best situation for right now. And they can the choose need? one going into next season. I, I hear you, but what's the need in a half stepping? If, if it's not a full step, like why denounce a name if you aren't actively working an idea for an actual name? You nobody required them to do it. They could have still to this day right now could have had the name there. And I don't think there would have been that many problems for them. It'll be the normal amount of problems behind the name uh, that they already had. I don't know about that. They had a lot of sponsors pull out. So they had to change something. I'm trying to remember. Was it just because of the? Yes, it was because of Nike. I forgot about that. Nike took their merchandise off of the website, which then led them to fill it to a lot of other ones. Yeah, it led to everybody else steamrolling and uh, going down that route. I, I guess they're trying to save money, but I honestly think they're losing money by doing this. Who wants a temporary jersey of a team for one year who probably not going to make it nowhere? And it's not like this team has been anywhere. It's, it's, it's a bunch of nothing to back behind other than your local city, the local team for your city. I can see that. I mean, people get behind the franchise because of the logo, what it stands for, and the history. But they're just going to have to be patient. Um, I'm not a fan of them. So, but I mean, they just got to be patient. Sorry, just to interrupt that. If you can repeat those three things you said, what what makes them a fan? So what makes them a fan? The history, the logo, and it's something to stand up for. There might be a little other thing. No, no, I think that's right. So with that in mind, what history about the Redskins are, other, other than the championships, many, many previous what history is there to back behind? Then there is no logo. There's a logo that we all know is a temporary logo. So there's nothing to really back behind because you're backing something that you know is temporary. And then uh, what was the last one? The idea? There ain't even an idea. There's no nickname. There's no idea behind our the unity other than being in Washington, D.C., well, I also said the last thing. They just got to be patient. <laughs> they just got to be patient. But I think these fans have been patient for a long time to the point where they are interviewing new teams who have been established. Because I think even in their minds, once there is a new nickname, it is not the same team. Because it's not the same players. It's not the same legacy. It's, it's, it's a franchise-like history where they'll have the trophies in the same building. But there will always be a past history on this was the Redskins and this is that team. Yeah, I mean, it's like what the Colts used to be. I think they were the Baltimore Colts and then they changed yeah. to the Indianapolis Colts. So, yeah, exactly. I can see that. They're not the that. same Colts. It's not the, they have the same trophies. They're in the same buildings. It's some of the same owners, but it's not the same thing. Actually, I think there were some small, rare amount of people who be who were Colts fans as they left, but a lot of people stopped being Colts fans because they left. Even though I know Washington Redskins aren't actually leaving uh, D.C. 
Yeah, but I, I guess since I'm not a fan, I can't really relate that much. But I know some. I fans. just feel like they got some patient. hardcore fans, and DC is divided more than you know, and they did not make it uh, great for one side of the people in DC. The DC is split up between Dallas Cowboy fans, as you wouldn't think, in the land of Redskin Nation. It is split between Dallas fans and Redskins fans. And now the Redskins fans don't have nothing to really hope for or to, to talk trash off of. Every Cowboy fan going, has the easiest trash talk ever and even a little bit of hope for their upcoming season. <laughs> a little bit of hope. You know, but- I, I don't put buy into Dallas hope. Uh, so they have at least some where the Redskins have none. One of these days, it'll come through for them because there's more chances for these lesser-known teams to rise up. Now, they're not a lesser-known team, but they have not won in a very long time. Sure. And that's I think that's another reason why these – they won't become Cowboy fans, but they, they are not going to be whatever this morphed temporary team is going to be. They're not going to be those fans. I really don't see that happening. Well, maybe they're just a spectator and they'll just, I don't know. <laughs> they're going to interview um, for new teams. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's plenty out there. I, I think the lack of pulling the trigger on a name is going to leave a year where t- uh, pl- where people who were Redskins fans and were already contemplating not being Redskins fans and have already interviewed other teams in their head to like because the Redskins always suck. So they have to, they got to root for somebody. They are just like, you know what? It's about time. It ain't, I'm not even a Redskins fan because they ain't no Redskins. I mean, it's past due, really. You said it is way past due. But, th- <laughs> but I know there are some out there. Even my boy TJ. I, I haven't directly spoke to him about it, but I don't think he feels too happy about... I know he, he's definitely on the side of not being a racial name, but I don't know whether he's, he has his same feeling for the Redskins as he is a diehard Redskins fan as I've ever seen that I don't think he, he can really attach himself to something that's just comical. <laughs> comical. But yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, you see the logo on the helmet and it makes you want to root for it. You've been looking at it since you were a child. And so even you got though tattoos, you got, it, you got it, a, it, well, let me finish. Let me finish. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Even even though that, I mean, the team may suck here and there, but you just can't let go. You it's just been bred into you to to get behind that team. But I mean, this is just a rare case where you just got to be patient and wait for another team name. I think that it, like I, I'm gonna unfold this a little bit more for you. What about all the red skin themed bars? What about all the basements that are Redskin themes? What about all the podcasts and the uh, the radio shows that are named the Redskin uh, AM or Redskin that? Now, you, what you gonna change to the Washington football team podcast? And now your identity is uh, gone. Not only the identity of the franchise is gone, but the identity of people who've attached their identity to the franchise's name. Podcasts, uh, radio shows, a large amount of things that will become a problem on top of the fact that they know it is temporary 
it is is undoubted that that is temporary. So what I'm going to change in a year again? You say, I mean, you, the name is up in the air, just like the football team. True. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. But you got to do what you got to do. I'm not even saying the franchise. I'm talking about like there is, and I know I'm going too far into, but there are podcasts out there. It's the Redskin Podcast. There's like now you're changing your full name. You're changing your identity to attracting people towards your thing. Now you also got to get rid of old uh, old merchandise. All your Redskin old merchandise that is useless. That's old stuff. It's not like people were buying it anyway. It, well, I wouldn't say it's useless. Um, this is completely off topic, but I saw this man with a whole bunch of Michael Vick Atlanta Falcon jerseys <laughs> not too long ago, and he was wearing them like they had just come out. So well, I think people that's still Vick. wear those. No, because now you're a racist. <laughs> no, you can't wear it. Now you're a racist. But, it, but a lot of people were re- against Michael Vick, and they still are. True, that's true, but that's a, that's that's a perception thing, and that's uh, I think he's also had so much time of apologies and his working back his how people view him. There's certain people who just never going to absolve him, but even the people who are on the fence are on the side that Michael Vick's a good person and they don't the old him with the old him. Now. The idea behind the actual name of the Redskins is not something that goes away. The meaning was the meaning 100 years ago. If anything, people have a lack of understanding what the name actually means. But they were still fans of that beforehand. Yeah, yeah, they were. But now what you're going to wear a Redskins uh, jersey, knowing the whole reason why they changed the name is because it was a racist name. A derogatory name. I won't say racist. A derogatory uh, name, which referred to scalping uh, Native Americans for money. I, I mean, I guess that's their problem. <laughs> true. That's what, <laughs> I'm but sorry I, to say. I, I, true, but I, that's why I'm saying, yes, it is definitely the commerce, uh, the people who are selling this stuff and being a part of their problem. It is, but I'm just saying it does not vote well for the actual franchise of the Washington football team, as we're going to refer to them, to keep fans and to have somebody there on their side when they do find a name. Yeah, I mean, they had trouble keeping fans before, and they might just have a minuscule amount after this. Um, but then they're, they're just in a world of trouble. Uh, uh, yeah. But we got way off topic, way off yeah, topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess that's going to be it for us um, at So You Think You Know Sports. Uh this time, Alex comes up with the questions. Uh, we have three tri- trivia questions. Um, I definitely don't know what his questions are, and I'll try to give it my best guess and a little bit of commentary. But you can go ahead with the first question. Okay. So, who has the best three-point field goal percentage over their career so far? Steve Kerr, Reggie Miller, or... Stephon Curry. The best three-point percentage over their career. Um, well, I mean, we all know that Steph Curry is a uh, sniper. I mean, he can shoot from anywhere on the court. Reggie Miller, same thing. He had that, uh, what was it, like, I don't know, eight or ten points within a small yeah, amount of seconds that one time. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Steve Kerr. I mean, he was more like a role player. Um, This one is kind of hard. I'm not sure, but you can go ahead and repeat that one. Okay. So who has the highest field goal percentage over their career so far? Steve Kerr, Reggie Miller, or Stephon Curry? Well, um, this is really a toss-up. I mean... I'm going to say that, you know, Steph Curry, he throws up a whole bunch of shots, so that might bring down his percentage. Um, Steve Curry, he didn't have too many chances to do it, but he might have a high one. But I'm going to go with Reggie Miller. Final answer. Wrong. It is Steve Kerr. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't give you that. Uh, it is okay, Steve Kerr. Okay, okay, okay. It, it, it is Steve Kerr. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, I thought about him. <laughs> you thought about him? Yeah. Cause, go ahead. Go ahead. No, okay, so go ahead. I thought about him because he didn't have as many chances to throw up shots, so his percentage might have been higher. That's what my thinking was behind that. But Reggie Miller, I, I just wasn't sure. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I can see why you would thought <laughs> like that. <laughs> but I didn't pick it. Hmm. Well, hey, we'll go to the next one. So, what player has the most blocked shots in one season? But can't think of how to say his name. Um, when I'll just McKinbe say Matumbo. Yeah, McKimbe. There we sorry, I can't think of how to say his first name. Also, I'll re-say the question. So, which player has the most blocked shots in one season? Did Camet? Matumbo. I'll say Matumbo. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mark Eaton or Tim Duncan? I'm not sure who Mark Eaton is. Um, who did he play for? <laughs> Mark Eaton played for. I kind of can't remember. <laughs> you just grabbed the a whole list of names that had the highest amount, I guess. Yeah, but. and I was like, I, <laughs> I don't know what his name. I don't know. I, I, I never heard his name either, but. Okay. Was, <laughs> okay, I'm really not sure who that is. Um, And you did give me the last one with a person that is not really likely Mutombo? to. Yeah. No, no. I'm talking about with Steve Kerr on that last one. Okay. But um, Matumbo, everybody knows him for waving the finger and being on those Geico commercials. Tim Duncan, I'm not sure if he's much of a blocker. Um, Mark Eaton, he's a huge question mark. I don't know who that is, but um, go ahead and repeat that answer. I mean, question. <laughs> so, <laughs> who has the most career block shots within one season? Matumbo? I'm trying to remember. Mark Eaton or Tim Duncan? I'm just going to say Tim Duncan, you know, just go with a superstar. Dang, that is definitely wrong. <laughs> he, would, he would be on the lowest of that list. <laughs> he would definitely be on the lowest of that list. But it, it's Mark, Mark Eaton. And oh, okay. I, 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 it, I wanted to make it one kind of easy so that maybe you may be able to deduct it down, but not one too easy because Matumbo could be the person. Tim Duncan was an easy possible, like, cutout. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I, I know, sure but it's stars. Blocker. Yeah, that's exactly what that's. Sorry, but that's it was a misleading but not misleading uh, answer there for you. But uh, who, which, sorry, uh, and the last question here, which coach 
has the most NBA titles. Phil Jackson, Steve Kerr, or Popovich. I can't think of his first name. Oh, that's um yeah. Um so <laughs> Uh, Phil Jackson. Uh, now, are you counting as player and coach, or how yes. is this counting up? Okay, yes. player and, and championship. coach. Just championships. Okay, so Phil Jackson. You know, he's been with the Bulls, and he's played his own career and won some with the Lakers. So, I mean, that's it. Should be pretty obvious. And then we got Steve Kerr. He won a few with Michael Jordan. Then he's won a few with the Warriors. So that makes six for him. And um, who was the last one? Oh, Popovich. Greg Popovich. Uh, I don't think he's been a player. And the Spurs have won five. Um, So no need to go ahead and say the question again. I'm going to say Phil Jackson. Final answer. That is absolutely correct. Phil Jackson has 11 championships. Yeah, that was definitely a gimme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you didn't want to go over three. Like, oh. <laughs> well, go ahead. Um, but yeah, that does it for us at So You Think You Know Sports. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week.